A big thank you to our sponsor this month, Sovereign Silver. Silver has been used for over 2,400 years as an immune support. There are thousands of studies confirming its efficacy. Even Nassau and burn centers across the country use it for its health benefits. Bioactive silver hydrosol from Sovereign Silver is a safe, tasteless, effective, and odorless liquid that has over 10,000 studies proving its health benefits, including benefits for our immune system because of its antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. You can take it internally as a liquid for immune support or apply it topically as a gel for minor burns, cuts, and scrapes. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky. So glad you're listening to Naturally Savvy. Today, we're going to talk about our health journeys. Andrea, I'd love for you to start. Sure, I'd be happy to. And I'm so happy we're doing this because I really feel like it's good to have some background on who we are. And I know all of you have been listening to us and we're very appreciative of you downloading our podcast and listening to us on a weekly basis. And I thought it would be a great idea for us to give you a little bit of background on how we started and what got us on our journey. So for me, I'm 50 now, but when I was in my early 20s, I had really bad stomach issues. I had gas, I had bloating, and I really couldn't eat much without feeling digestive discomfort. And I went through a couple of years where we, I did tests and I tried to figure out what was happening. And it finally came down to the food that I was eating and my body just didn't like it. So I changed my diet and I eliminated certain things like dairy and wheat, and it really helped me. So for any of you who are going through some discomfort, or if your body is telling you something, if you have aches and pains or digestive discomfort, it's really important to listen to our bodies. And it took me a while to figure that out, Lisa, actually funny enough to that I should be listening to my body. <laughs> but when I finally did, I discovered what it was that was causing the issues. And, um, and it really made a big difference for me. I'm going through something right now that's been troubling. I, I've had food sensitivity since I was around 25. And lately, I don't know if it's the stress of COVID of being home, but I definitely have not been feeling my best. And I'm trying to figure it out. So I'm actually in the market for a good naturopath. Um, Andrea, if you know any that work via Zoom, um, I really need some help because I got started on this journey before I had any health issues. I got started because my mother, she had bad knees when I was growing up, botched operations in the early 70s, had to bring ice everywhere. And then when I was 13, she became covered in rashes, lost a ton of weight. Almost everything she ate made her sick. It was tragic and horrible. And then she died at 56 from ovarian cancer. So it was a very sad story. So I saw, and, and she did eat healthy. That's the irony, right? It wasn't like, oh, my mother was eating junk and not taking care of herself. She ate really whole foods, especially for back then. And she swam and she did what she could, but she just had a unfortunate hand genetically. Um, so it's it's tragic, but it made me want to change because I, I had been eating a lot of junk as a kid, kind of rebelling. And, and this is also this, these stories are in my book, Clean Eating, Dirty Sex, uh, Heart Memoir, Cookbook and Healthy Lifestyle Guide. And for me, just seeing her deteriorate was so tragic that I wanted to get healthy. And so I started getting uh, into healthy eating and whole foods around, I'd say, 17, 18 and I was doing great. And then around 25, I started getting food sensitivities, which really freaked me out because I thought, geez, the last thing I want is to end up like my mother with her you know, health issues. Oh, for sure. And for those of you who are, if any of you who are listening, who know a naturopath who's excellent, please message us because we'd love to know as well. But yes, Lisa, I do have a couple of people that I could recommend to you. And Oh, fantastic. And I, I do think it's important that 
you know, like you're saying, Lisa, you're noticing things and you're taking control, which I think is, is incredible, right? You're noticing that something's going on and you're like, okay, I want to make a difference. And I think that's what we try to do here at Naturally Savvy is we try to provide you with options, with things that you can look at a little bit differently, perhaps, and do some investigative work for your own health. Like when we talk about investigating the foods that we're eating, right? Reading labels, making sure that we, you know, we can't control everything, you know, like obviously we're lives and we don't live in a bubble, but what we can do is control what we're putting inside our body. You know, I'm curious, Lisa, you're, you were talking about your mom. Was she ever tested for the, or were you tested for the BRCA genes? Um, she was not. I luckily tested negative. Um, so, and I also had my ovaries are gone. I had a complete hysterectomy when I was 47 because I had cantaloupe size uterine fibroids <laughs> that were pushing on my bladder. Okay. I was quite uncomfortable. So I just figure, even though I had tested negative. I just like, you know what? I just, I just want to get them gone. And, uh, and I know we've talked about this before. It's uh, totally up to a woman. It's her choice to do hormones or not do natural things. I do a low dose of bioidentical hormones. It's worked well for me. Um, But again, it it was something that I felt strongly that I wanted to just, you know, be done (laughs) with the worry of it. Cause it's, it's concerning when I already have her genetics in terms of the food issues and I have the knee issues and, you know, some of the things that she struggled with, I thought, let's just get this off the table. You know, what's interesting as I'm hearing you speak or talk that you think that you went into this space because you're a health journalist and you're very into healthy living. Do you think you went in this direction because of what happened to your mom? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I was the kid that was going to eat Cap'n Crunch and cookies for dinner. I was the kid that hid so many Girl Scout Thin Mint cookies in my room. There was barely room to put anything else in any of the drawers or the closets or anything else. I, I had, I was determined to live the way I wanted and not be a health nut like my mother, my grandmother. And then, like I said, when I saw her get sick, it just woke me up. And I think what's so hard is even when you're doing the right thing, you can still have issues, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't. Like I started eating what I consider clean. Uh, back in my late teens, and I still ended up. So there's a. So I think especially if you have a genetic component, you have to work that much harder. Now, Angie, were any of your stomach issues genetic? I mean, in terms of did anyone in your family did you ask like your parents like, hey, is this something you've or did you keep it to yourself? Tell us more about that. Yeah, I'm very close with my mom, and we she would tell me a lot of you know things that would happen when I was a kid or things that she would feed me or give me. And she told me, and again, this is back in the seventies in 1970, my mom didn't, we didn't know back then, or she didn't know back then what it, what it meant, you know, what the gut microbiome was, how we should be feeding. We've learned so much since then. Right. So we do, we do, we can, what we, the information that we're presented with. So she had given me solid foods at the age of two months. And I truly believe that, and that's what she was told to do. And I truly believe that that had something to do with some some food sensitivities that I have because I always struggled with sensitivities and intolerances. I don't have any allergies, but I do have intolerances and uh, sensitivities. So I always had an issue with dairy and I always had an issue with wheat. And I didn't know though either really until I got a little bit older, but it would be funny. I remember sitting at the dinner table with my family and my mom would give me something with dairy in it. And I would complain after and like, say, I have a stomach it. And back then we didn't, you know, my mom didn't, you know, we didn't think about getting tested, right. For, for sensitivities or intolerances. And that came way later when I was in my teens. And 
I think my mom thought it might have been in my head back then, right? It's like, oh, you're always complaining of a stomachache every time you eat. But it actually turns out when, you know, I think I was 18, I, I did get tested for lactose intolerance and I did have it. So it's interesting. And then I went a step further and I got genetic testing. So it turns out that it may not actually be from what my mom fed me. Now that might be some, you know, have some other issues for some other, I had like so many rashes as a kid and I had some other issues could be related to the gut, to gut health. But what's interesting is that I did DNA testing and I found out that I am genetically lactose intolerant. And that was such an eye opener for me. So I'm a huge believer in genetic testing and finding out what, what am I actually susceptible to from a genetic standpoint? Now, we, we do know that, you know, genes don't have to express themselves, right? We know genomics and we can turn off or on genes. But I do believe that that is something that was, that was, you know, obviously I was born with and it was such an eye opener for me. So I've been dairy free for many, many, many years now. And I've also been wheat free for many years. And part of that genetic testing, I got it done by the DNA company. And I'll put a link below on our on our Buzzsprout page. So if any of you are interested in, in getting genetic testing from this company specifically, there are many genetic testing companies out there, but this one in particular, I love because one of the founders is Mansur Mohammed, which he's one of the top five geneticists in the world. And he, he created this, I guess, I think there's like 40 different tests that they do. And one of them is our detox genes. So they talk about how well you detox things from your body. So you could, have your gene, your genes are your genes, but how well you actually detox chemicals that you come into contact with play a huge role. So now that I'm in menopause and I'm speaking to a lot of women, a lot of women are saying, you know, how come I'm gaining weight? Now, of course, hormones play a very big role in that, but so do our detox genes. So another podcast for another day, I would love Dr. Monster Muhammad to come on here because that fascinates me beyond belief. But I also found out that I don't do well with starch. So that's the reason, and I know Lisa, you follow a paleo diet, but that is the reason I follow a paleo diet was because my genetic testing told me that starch I don't do well with starch. And I also don't do well with fat. So I can't be on a keto diet because fat, my body doesn't like too much fat. But uh, so that's where paleo works really. That's why paleo works really well for me. So I had some blood work done and it was from somebody that I really trust in terms of who recommended it. Um, and it showed the most bizarre things, kale, spinach, paprika, amaranth, um, and then the regular corn, dairy, soy, wheat, like everything that I already knew. But I have to say, when I took those things out, I felt better. And I, I miss kale and spinach tremendously. And paprika, I love. I use it all the time in so many recipes. So that's been a big bummer. But the thing that's heartbreaking is even doing all that and being so restricted, I'm still feeling crappy. So there's mm -hmm. obviously something going on. And I want to figure out what it is. So I'm going to definitely do that genetic testing. And that would be great if you could get that gentleman on to speak. That would be amazing. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty incredible. So, you know, and one of the other things that, I've learned. And it's, it's interesting that you're saying that, Lisa, because yes, we could be doing all the things right and still not feeling great, right? And it also depends on what stage of life you're in. So for the ladies and the women out there, if you're if you're in menopause and there are certain, you're not feeling great, it could be for a myriad of reasons. And it's a good idea, like you're doing, Lisa, to just really consult with a healthcare professional. You can speak to a nutritionist, a naturopath, a doctor, whoever it is you feel that you and who you trust to try and determine what are some things that are going on in your body. And there's there are many different blood tests that you can get, genetic testing as well. So um, things that you can do to help determine what it is and why you're not feeling your optimal self. So I'm, you know, I'm discouraged, but I'm going to keep 
keep on keeping on. I've been doing Pilates twice a week. Uh, I have a Peloton that I was using religiously and then I fell off and I got to get back on. Uh, when it's not thundering constantly, I walk my dog. So I think movement is such an important part. And Andrea, I know that in the last few years you've gotten, was it, is it kickboxing? I know you got super into something. Yeah, you know, I was into kickboxing and then now I'm into um, the HIIT training. So the uh, I'm very into F45. Obviously, before COVID hit, I was going all the time and I cannot wait till the uh, gyms reopen safely, of course. And uh, high intensity training is works really well for me. And basically, I, I came to love it. So and I haven't been as good. I love that you're saying to get moving because it is so important, obviously, for our physical body, but also for our mental health. Exercise is is really key. So although I'm not, haven't been as consistent with working out in my house, I've been making sure that I'm going for walks on a regular basis, making sure that I'm getting into nature. That's something else I have found very, very healing for me in terms of calming my anxiety and my stress, just going in. Like, obviously we've heard of forest bathing, or if you haven't check it out, forest bathing, it is so great for our mental health and really making sure that I am practicing mindfulness like and then when i say mindfulness i know it's like one of those buzzwords are like oh here we go eye rolling but for me what mindfulness is is just trying to remember to breathe and, and i think that's an important thing is I, I went recently to this woman and she this was within the last couple of months and she had said to me she's like your body looks great like you're, you're you know health wise you look great she's like but your nervous system you know you're definitely you need some you need some help to like really regulate your nervous system i'm like right because i'm i was anxious and this was all when everything hit and i'm like i'm anxious and i've got a lot of you know stress and anxiety like everyone else is feeling and she was like why don't you just try breathing more. She's like, your breathing is very shallow. And when you have shallow breathing, you're not really, you're not, you're not massaging your nervous system. You're not relaxing your nervous system. And so I was like, you know what? You're right. So I started on my phone. I, every hour on the hour, I put an alarm and I literally would just remind myself to breathe. And that has made such a difference. So I was the eye ruler before. Trust me. I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, the mindfulness stuff. But I am, and as much as a, of a spiritual junkie that I am, Lisa, and you know I am, I love, love, love talking about spirituality. I really believe that mindfulness, deep breathing makes a massive difference. And there's research out there to prove that it does help with anxiety and calming us. Oh, 100%. Lisa, you mentioned something before about when you were eating. And I just want to give a quick, tip to um, everybody who's listening, you can keep a food journal. So for example, if you find after you're eating something that an hour or two later, even 24 hours later, that you're getting maybe migraines or you're getting, you know, you're feeling fatigued, keep a journal for a week or two and see if there's a correlation between what you're eating and how you're feeling. And I think that's a huge, it's a huge eye opener. And I did that many, many years ago. And as a nutritionist, that's what we tell our clients to do. And it really makes a difference because for example, I'll give you a great example. If you chew a piece of gum or you have some aspartame, let's say, so artificial sweeteners, we know that artificial sweeteners are, have a ton of side effects. And we know that the FDA gets a ton of complaints for side effects for artificial sweeteners. So we're talking aspartame, ACE-K, which is acelphane potassium. We're talking, you know, it could be saccharin, any of those artifice, sucralose, any of the artificial sweeteners. So if you, for example, have a chew, even something as a piece of gum, as small as a piece of gum, and it has artificial sweeteners in it. And in many cases, art, gum itself has three different types of artificial sweeteners. So it's not just one. 
aspartame keeps the flavor to last longer. ASK makes it, you know, sweeter. So like they are, you know, companies are using many forms of artificial sweeteners in one little piece of gum. So if you find you chew a piece of gum and then a couple hours later, you have a really bad headache, that could be correlated to that piece of gum that you ate. And we don't always think about what we're eating is actually causing some, us to feel, you know, let's say, I don't know, to have that headache and, and diet drinks, right? And Companies now are replacing a lot of those artificial sweeteners with stevia and natural sweeteners. And, and here's a tip too. If you're chewing gum and on the front of the pack of gum, it says, you know, sweetened with xylitol, turn it over and read the ingredients. Because even though it says it's sweetened with xylitol on the front, it could also have artificial sweeteners in it. So that's why reading labels are so important because, you know, labels, marketing, all of that plays in to companies helping us or making us think that things are maybe healthier than they actually are. Oh, that's so important. Yeah. I've been, I get gum that's uh, it's got xylitol, but I, I read the ingredients carefully, but I think whatever journey we're on, if we can, you know, do things to make our lives happier, healthier, to be more mindful, to eat more whole foods, to get your body moving and start where you are. One of the things that I learned when I got my mattress in public health is you have to meet people where they're at. Well, this has been great. Andrea, I love getting to know more about you. And, and I hope that our sharing our successes and our challenges is really helpful because we all have both, right? And I think to be able to be honest and vulnerable is so important. So please subscribe, rate and review Naturally Savvy. Also, you can follow us on social media at Lisa Davis MPH and at Andrea Donsky at Naturally Savvy. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. A big thank you to our sponsor this month, Sovereign Silver. Silver has been used for over 2,400 years as an immune support. There are thousands of studies confirming its efficacy. Even NASA and burn centers across the country use it for its health benefits. Bioactive silver hydrosol from Sovereign Silver is a safe, tasteless, effective, and odorless liquid that has over 10,000 studies proving its health benefits, including benefits for our immune system because of its antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory properties. You can take it internally as a liquid for immune support or apply it topically as a gel for minor burns, cuts, and scrapes.